0: 1 Corinthians chapter 12. These things that I bring to you, that I will be bringing to you for the next couple weeks, are the things of spiritual gifts. I got a snap, Josh. We've heard this before, we understand spiritual gifts. Au contraire. Ephesians chapter four, I will read it to you just briefly. You can stay there in First Corinthians. These these words that are written down here gosh. I'm sorry. Well, I'll just pretty much quote it to you. I believe it's verse twenty to twenty four. Dakota, do you know? Ephesians. Up. Maybe I should just read it. Maybe that's the best thing to do. Hold on. Stay tuned. Listen up. It's Ephesians chapter 4, verses... Yes, it's 22. Yes, 22. Um, Actually, I'm sorry. It's verse 11. It starts. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. It says this, And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Why? Well, it's found in Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, edifying of the body of Christ. And this is why I will bring these things to you today, is for this exact reason found in verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. God forbid that Christians walk around their entire lives without knowing what they are called to do, what their spiritual gift is. And so I'm going to lay a foundation tonight, and we are not going to exactly look into the spiritual gifts, Romans chapter 12, but this is preparation for next week. We're just going to jump right into it, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Many people think that this chapter here is the chapter of spiritual gifts. Wrong. Say, but Joshua says it right there in verse 1. No, it doesn't. It says, now concerning here in the King James, let me read it to you. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brother, I would not have you ignorant. The word gifts there in the Greek is not there. And those of you who have a Bible with margins, you'll see that the word gifts is not there. You can look it up in the original text and you will find no word gifts there. It has been inserted. And so what happens is, as many people take this passage, spiritual gifts, or this now concerning spiritual gifts, chapter 12, and they apply these things, spiritual gifts. Now look at these things that are mentioned here as spiritual gifts. Go down to, let's look at verse uh, verse 8, okay? For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge is by the same Spirit, verse 9, to another by faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. You're like, what does that mean? What is all that doing there? Okay, let's think logically. If, If spiritual gifts here is speaking about these things, spiritual gifts. Remember, every single person has a gift. Gifting. Every single one of you has been given a gift by God to edify the church, to build up the people, to encourage, to exhort, to motivate, to build up. Every single one has one. Every single one of you. Every single one. There is not one that does not have a gift. Okay? Now, if these are the gifts listed here in First Corinthians chapter 12, then that means things like what? Did you see there in verse 9? It says what? To another by faith of the same spirit, to another the gift of healing. Now, listen, let's think about this. If somebody has the gift of healing, then what can they do? They can heal at somebody at any time, any place, anywhere, right? Just walk up, you're healed. You're healed, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed, you healed. If you have the gift, you can use it at all times, Right? This is, I think, proof number one. I I don't think we can, ah, maybe we wouldn't hold it as proof. But we can hold the word gifts is not here in this passage, there in the first verse. It's not speaking about spiritual gifts, these are manifestations of God. What does that mean, Josh? Manifestations of God, they come once and a while when God delegates them. And it's found there in verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It is given to men at certain times. Can Moses part every single sea to walk the face of the earth? Can Paul go and heal every man or shake every snake off? Or can Peter walk to every man and say, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, and the name of Jesus Christ have Nazareth rise up and walk? Can he say that to every man? No. There's no such thing as the gift of healing. It is a work that is done when God chooses to do it in a certain man. The same thing with miracles is also another thing listed here. To another, the working of miracles, verse 10. Is there a man on the face of the earth that can just do miracles nonstop as many as he wants, whenever he wants to? No. These are not gifts. These are manifestations of God given once and a while. And we will talk about these things in two weeks. Manifestations of God. But tonight, what I want to get to and what I want to show is that every single one of you does have a gift, and it's not found here in 1 Corinthians 12. These are manifestations of God, like I said. They're found in Romans chapter 12. We will not be turning there, but I'm going to lay a foundation for Romans chapter 12, and us being the body. So we're going to start reading here in verse 12. And I think I'm going to read from the ESV just because I might confuse you guys a little bit, those of you who don't have the translation. And Ben, I think I'm using your Bible. Is this yours? No? Maybe? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. Listen. For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, through many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one Spirit. Everyone, real quick, anyone who drinks of this Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, Anyone who accepts the king into their life is part of the body of Christ. The body, we the body, though many members, one body, the body of Christ. Let's move on, verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. What is he trying to say here? Hold on. Verse 17, what is he trying to say? If one part of the body says, I am not this or I am not that, here's a hand that says, I'm not an eye. Okay, you're not an eye. Does that make it any less part of the body? No, it is still part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ. One unit. One mind, one soul, all together, all in unison, we are one body. Or if the foot, say, I'm not a kneecap, it's still a part of the body, even if it's not something it wants to be. Let's move on verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, would there be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, would there be a sense of smell? Stop there. If the entire body was an eye, well, if that's who somebody was, just a giant eye, how could he smell? How could he taste? How could he grab onto anything? He would have no hands. It would be worthless. Probably could see pretty good, but couldn't go anywhere to see except for around him or maybe in one direction is stuck there I, I don't want to look at this anymore it couldn't talk either though. it doesn't have a mouth so it can't complain it doesn't have a brain either so it can't think it just stares at the wall all day oh, wow. <coughs> verse 18 but as it is God arranged the members in the body each one of them as he chose if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. We'll stop there before we get into that. Can one part of the body say to another part, can the brain say to the feet, you smell, so I don't want you, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. No, no, we need the feet so that we can move, okay, so that we can walk. Can the eyes look at the fingernails and say, you're dirty, and so I, want the, I don't want you anymore, I want to cut you off, or I want, you, you cannot... Destroy any part of the body because then what happens? You cannot operate. You cannot function correctly. Now, watch this point that Paul's about to make here. It's absolutely awesome and crucial. He says here in verse 22 On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow, bestow the great honor. and our unpresentable unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. Interesting. The parts of the body that we think are dispensable are actually the ones which we need the most. The parts of the body that we pay most attention to or actually, I'm sorry, don't pay attention to, are the ones that we think are the best. Or we show them much, like our face. I mean, okay, this is this is a good thing, but how much does it really do for our body? Helps us to make facial expressions, and I guess, I mean, you, you. These kind of things that we take care of a lot are not necessarily the things that we should be taking care of the most, like, our insides is more important than the outside, that's for sure. Making sure that we're healthy on the inside because if we're not we're going to die. But even more so on the outside, the things which aren't seen, the places that are more covered up, these are places that I think we take care of more. Like who takes care of an elbow? It's always seen. It's always there. Or the ear, or the chin, or... Everyone's always looking, but it's not that important or big of a deal. You don't sit there and scrub your chin for like an hour and make sure it's really clean. But these places that are not seen are the ones we probably take care of the most or try to take care of the most, which is interesting. Because so too with the body of Christ, the most important parts of the body are the unseen. Are the ones which many put down, which many don't pay much attention to, but are the most crucial. I love the illustration that Paul gives here. Let's move on and keep reading, and we'll come back to this. Verse 24, which are more presentable parts do not require, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacketh, or lacked it that there be there may be no division in the body but that the members may have the same care for one another if one member suffers all suffer together if one member is honored all rejoice together interesting if you have a pounding headache are you going to make yourself run 50 miles If you've broken your arm, or broken both your arms, will you go and play football? Maybe some who don't care about their body. But when one part of the body hurts, all hurt. And all stop. And all mourn. And when one part of the body, say you score a touchdown, the entire thing goes nuts. You do your end zone dance. You pound the ball, the adrenaline's rushing. You're stoked. One part of the body hurts, all hurts. You hit your finger with a nail or with a hammer, the whole body goes nuts. (laughs) When your taste buds taste that sweet candy that you love or ice cream, hey, guess what? Everything goes nuts. Everything is excited and joyful. And so too with the body of Christ, of course. But what's with this? When somebody is... Man, this gets to me. Listen, my friends. When someone is hurting and they are down, and they have a situation or a problem, The greatest thing we can do for people sometimes is not even actually pray, not actually come and lay hands on Mike and say, let me pray for you right now, my brother. I'm going to lift you up and ask for the king to bless you and take care of you. Pray with me. Or, brothers, get over here. We need to pray for this man. He's going through a problem. Well, I'll pray for you in my prayers tonight. Or Hey, if you need anything, let me know. But it's very little that we see brothers laying themselves down for one another. Maybe going and cleaning out their bank account so somebody else can have because they have nothing. Or giving up their Monday night with hanging out with their friends to go and just sit at the house with a friend who needs some help. And pray for him and encourage him and minister to him. To lay aside your wants and your things and what you feel like doing, for the sake of another. Do you hurt when your friends hurt? Do you hurt when your brother hurts or your sister hurts? Do you hurt in the same way when your, 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 your thumb it gets hit by the hammer, your body explodes and, and yelling. Are we in agony for the person? Do we really mourn and carry the burden of our brothers? Ask yourself this, please. We must pray for ourselves. That Let me pray right now. I'm going to pray right now for us all. That we would have these hearts. And you agree with me and say yea and amen to yourself. And ask the Lord to do the work in you. Right now, let's pray. Father, we desire to have hearts that are compassionate for the body. We desire to have hearts that care for our brothers and sisters around for us enough, more so than we care about ourselves. Let us bandage them up in the way we would bandage ourselves. Let us be there for them in the way we would lay down our lives for ourselves to take care care of a situation. Please, Father... Give us your heart, King. The heart of compassion, the heart of love, the heart of mercy. We long for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. But that we would rejoice also. Many times, hey, listen up. Many times when somebody else has got something bomb going on in their life, <laughs> what's our first thing to think? I mean, too bad things are going good in my life. We look at our situation. What about me? you know things aren't good for. Me. Hey, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always and again I say, rejoice. Stir up that joy within you. whatever it takes, man. Hey if somebody tells you something awesome, then rejoice with them. Amen. It's awesome. Encourage. Accept the blessing. Don't get bummed out because things aren't going good for you in your life. Think about it. When something good happens with you in your life and you want to tell somebody, are you going to sit there and be all stoked if somebody comes up you're just like, dude, you never guessed what happened, man. This and this and this. Oh, yeah, isn't that awesome? Like... Yeah, man, gosh, I wish things were going good in my life, man. Stuff's lame, you yeah, know, man. It's like you snatch your joy away. Snatch it away. Bye, joy. No more for you. That's a bummer. Rejoice together, my friends. When's the last time you rejoice with somebody? Think about it. When was the last time you celebrated and said, Amen? I'm stoked for you. Praise the Lord that happened. Continue. That's the Lord, you know. I mean, amen. I don't know. I shout to the King. Sing a song. I don't know. But do something. Let's not be a stale body. Let's not be a paralyzed body with no movement whatsoever and. Somebody gets hit with a hammer, you just sit there. Hit me again. Something cool happens, you're just a dead body laying there. That we would celebrate. And we could celebrate tonight. Something really cool has happened. Robert was sharing with me earlier that he had been praying for his brother for quite a while and not maybe ministering to him verbally, but just trying to live a life in his household and be an example. And he just said, at Christmas time, the guy was like, oh, maybe we should do prayer at Christmas, you know, and this kind of thing. And all of a sudden, now he's instructing his children to say grace at the table. And they're trying to go to church on Sunday and do these kind of things. This is awesome. And these are great things. And maybe you say, well, well, I preached to 10,000 last week. Stand down. <laughs> for the things that have gone on in our lives, who cares for this moment and this time? We praise the King for what God has done in Robert's life and for what God has done in his brother's life because that is bigger than 10,000 in his life. That we would rejoice and that we would be excited about it. Muster it up in you, whatever it takes. Don't be a dead bag of bones just laying there. Encourage one another. Build one another up. Gosh, you know? I think there's a blessing there in both. Guess what? When you mourn for a brother or sister, and it turns out for good, it's a blessing. And you get that blessing too. And when you rejoice with that person and you lift it up to the king and they are blessed and you see that, you get the blessing too. In that moment, in that time, let's think about how many we have missed. Because we're thinking about ourselves and what's going on in our lives. When Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me, That word, deny self, means forget about yourself. Forget about it. Stop thinking about you. No more Josh Thompson. No more all the things I need and I need to chase after, my problems and this and that. Do that and you'll be bummed all your days. You think about others and be there for others and you'll be a happy person. There's evidence Look at the little old lady who bakes cookies for the people across the street. The most joyful lady you've ever seen in your life. I think about the lady I know who goes into prison. She's still, like, almost 70 years old and ministers to these murderers and, and tries to bring homeless men into her home, and her husband has to stop her. She's so compassionate. And the woman is truly one of the most happy women I've ever seen in my life. Never say a bad word about anyone. Maybe you can have her come and speak sometime here because she is awesome. It's Kyle Yoakum's grandma, Erin Yoakum's mother, and she said that she's never heard her parents raise her voice to her or any of it. Her mother never. The sweetest woman you've ever met in your life and all she does is bless others their retirement fund is like dwindling because they keep giving it away to everyone. Amazing. They stop thinking about self and they don't live for this life and them, they live for the next. It's absolutely crucial, my brothers, sisters, listen, please. That we really reach out to the body of Christ when they're hurting, and we reach out when they're rejoicing, and we raise our hands too in celebration <coughs> with them. And it's a joy. It really is a joy. I love hearing praise reports, and I love hearing good things. Don't let your life bring other people's blessings down, and don't let your life get in the way of not mourning for somebody else. If you have a bunch of things on the table, oh, things are so bad in my life i can't even can't even deal with my own problems. Go and mourn for somebody and watch yourself be set free because you've stopped thinking about yourself. You decide to bless someone else. You will be blessed. Let's finish this up, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. And God has appointed the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping and ministering, various kinds of tongues. And we will stop right there. Well, I can just read the rest. Why not? Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you still a more excellent way. And that's how the chapter finishes. And that excellent way that Paul is speaking about is right in the next chapter. Which is probably one of your favorite chapters and mine too. 1 Corinthians 13, which is the chapter of love. There is a greater gift than all of these gifts and it is love above all things that you would love. So now, reading this and being this brought to your attention, let me exhort you. We being the body of Christ, each one of you has an individual gift. Every single one, every single one. There's not a person in here that does not have a gift. Now the question is, what is that gift? What is it that God has instilled in you? What is it that God has put in you individually? And whatever that is, you need to start acting out in that. And I'm sorry that I have not encouraged you earlier in these things. Because we have wasted time. If you do not know what that gift is, and you are not able... To exercise that gift in your own walk individually. To others. These gifts are not for you. They are for others. They are for the body of Christ. You are to be giving these gifts. That's why it is a what? Gift. You are to be giving this to the body of Christ continually. Week by week. Month by month. Year by year. It is absolutely crucial that you understand your gifts. So that why? you don't start doing other gifts that you do not have. If you try to do gifts that you don't have and you don't focus on the gift that you do have, how can you maximize the gift that you have? How can you use it to the greatest degree? How can you further the kingdom? Hey, some are archers. What if an archer with accuracy tries to go out hand-to-hand combat? He's a little weakling. He's not all ripped up and huge and this and that, hand-to-hand combat, been trained in this way. He doesn't have that gift. He knows how to fire an arrow with precision, but he can't even pick up a sword to swing it, and so he goes out in battle. Uh, he's done. Or Calvary. firing a the cannonball, I don't know. But each one of you has a gift for the army of God, for this kingdom that we are fighting for, and you need to be using it. And God forbid again that once this is completely revealed to you that you do not use this gift and that you fail in this life in not using your gift whatsoever. That God has imparted something special to you individually and you do not chase after it or use it. What if the man who is has the gift of mercy there's seven gifts in Romans chapter 12, the gift of mercy being one. A compassionate man. Reminds me of my brother Tim. Who was in the desert with me in Mexico. The guy, absolutely the most loving brother probably out of every single one of those 22 guys. He had the gift. I mean, was he a teacher? No. Could he teach? Yeah. Could he speak? Yeah. But every single one of the brothers could testify in him that, that gift he's got the gift of mercy. He just knows how to love on people. He is always looking at the compassionate side of things. He has a heart bigger than Texas. He is always willing to wrap his arm around when all the guys are clowning on somebody, making fun of. He's like, you know, guys, hey. Or maybe he goes and talks to him afterwards, hey man, you know. Don't don't take it hard, you know, these you guys just idiots, you know. I love you, man, and you're a blessing to my life. Really knows how to be compassionate and knows how to love the sheep, the gift of mercy. And what if he gets up and just like he sees the teacher as a spotlight and so he's like, I want to teach, I want to teach, I'm gonna teach, he just all of his day he goes into teaching, went all along he's had this gift. And he is better at it than any one of us, twenty two guys. But he keeps trying to do this one thing. And we never get to learn from him. We never get to watch him in his gift because he is so concerned in being something that he's not. The feet need to be the feet because they know how to be feet. Can an eye be a foot? No! It doesn't know how. It will never know how. And if it tries, just think about it, what's going to happen? If a a part of the body tries to be anything that it's not, it's not going to work. But if the body does what it does, and guess what? I'm telling you, friends, family, upper room, listen up. The thumb loves being the thumb and enjoys being the thumb so much because that is what it is best at. And when you do what you are best at, You will be the most happy, the most joyful, the most filled, because you are doing exactly what God has called you to do. You are executing exactly what you are to do in this life, and you are walking away with much in heaven. You are pleasing the Father. You are furthering the kingdom. Do you understand? And so what I want to do tonight, as we're about to shut and close things down here, what time is it? Almost, it's eight thirty past. Listen. Now that these things have been brought to your attention, this is your homework, and this for this next week. Okay. I want without you can read Romans chapter twelve if you'd like. But I just like each one of you to really examine your life this week. Seriously, examine your life this week tonight as you go to bed every day. Think about it. Hey, knock knock knock. Josh Thompson's heart. What? What is it that you do? What is it that you're good at? What is it that you love? How do you like to work? What are the things that you enjoy and appreciate, truly, inside? I want you to analyze these things in your life and to really search yourself, and if there was a gift, to find out what it would be. Because what we're going to do next week is we're going to go through those gifts. And I'm hoping by you examining your life, we're going to go on those gifts in depth. We're going to look at each one individually, okay? And I'm hoping by each one of you examining and thinking thoroughly about your life, that as soon as that one comes up that I say and, and go in depth in, and you see that gift thoroughly, you're just like, That's me. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing, and I know exactly where I'm at. That you'd be seeking the face of the Father, saying, Lord, what is it that you have made? Am I an eye? Am I a head? Am I hands? Am I feet? My kneecap. <laughs> Ask the Father what you are to be doing and where you are to be. Ask Him daily, and let Him speak to your heart and let Him minister unto you. And so that next week, when we speak about these things, it to be so fresh and real. You say, I know Josh, and this is what I want to be able to do. Maybe if we can, and maybe I want to be able to go to each and I want to be able to go to each person individually. Say, do you know where you fall into? And I want you to be able to say it if you can. And if you can't, I'll say, no, I'm not exactly sure. I'm telling you that there will be gifts that you will be able to, you'll bleed into, you know, like there will be certain things that you operate in many different things, but there will be one thing that you are a master in. Master. Or that you will be a master in as you exercise this gift. And I want each one of you to be able to discern and tell me exactly what that is and proclaim it amongst the brothers and say this is that. This is what I am and this is what I believe I am. And if we can do that, my brothers and sisters, then guess what? We have an army. Archers over here, you stand in the back and you fire from the back. Calvary, you mount up on the horses and you go in after the infantry goes in and attacks the ground. You see, we need to understand our tact and what we are doing so that we can operate in the body of Christ correctly. Do you understand? Do you understand why I bring this to you? It's crucial. It's essential. No one understands. Maybe some of you already understand and know. Then we will look into your gift further next week. And I hope that each one will be thoroughly blessed And I hope it would be a refreshing thing for you to know, hey, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and now I need to do it. And then, guess what, family? We will build a platform for you to be able to operate that gift. Each one of you need to be operating. If you're not, you're wasting your time. You are wasting your life. Why aren't you operating in that gift? I'll stop there. What I'd like to do, this last thing that we'll do in the night. Yes, this is what we'll do. We'll do this for five minutes. okay? If you can, if it's possible, if not, then you'll do the second thing here. Number one, these last five minutes tonight. If there's somebody that you know here pretty well, or you guys hang out quite a bit or this and that, I want you to talk about it with them and say, you know, what do you think my gift is? Or what do you think that I'm really talented in? Or what do you think? Or, hey, you know, I was kind of thinking it was this. What do you think about that? Maybe talk a little bit, this and that. And, and if you don't have that kind of person here, then I would ask you maybe to go and ask that person. Ask somebody at home or ask somebody close to you. Ask somebody that you know you can't ask. Or maybe you just mentioned it to him first. I think it's this. Do you think it is? Or, you know, just, just get it in your mind at least this week, okay? And then secondly, I def- this is secondly mandatory for everyone, that we would ask somebody to pray for us, okay? You walk up to somebody else, and, or if the person sitting next to you, whatever, and just pray for one another that you would know your gift and understand it thoroughly and be able to start exercising it, okay? That the Father would reveal it to you this week, and that you would see and know and be able to testify next week. Amen? Can we do that? Let me pray for you guys. Father, Lord, thank you for this. Thank you that you've been so gracious to even give us a gift that we can use. Why us? Why would you give us a sword? We've committed treason, Lord. We have attacked you. But we thank you that you have given us gifts. And we ask, Lord, I ask that you would reveal to every single person, Father, please hear this cry. Please minister to the sheep. Please, me too. Please, Father. Help us to understand exactly what we are to be doing and to start moving in that. That we would be blessed and that we would be excited and operating as a body correctly. Please, Lord, we need you, Father. We need you to step in and minister to each one tonight. We thank you that you've heard this, and we thank you that you're going to reveal to us these gifts. And we thank you for the opportunity you will give us to exercise these gifts in the future. We give these things into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.